what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hey, I'm Amy Chang, and I'm a nationally board-certified health and wellness coach, and this is Healthy AF. Here, we're going to bring to you all things health. You'll hear stories of people who have transformed their health, and in the meantime, transformed their lives. We'll answer those burning questions about the newest health strategies, and we'll tackle some common roadblocks that my clients bring to me all the time. Lastly, we're going to talk to some practitioners who will bring to you different modalities that they're passionate about and how you could benefit from using those. So buckle in. We're going to be inspired, instructed, and have a little fun with Healthy AF. Hey, everybody. I'm here on this very special episode of Healthy AF. I have been waiting and wringing hands and so excited and not going to lie, I might lose my shit and have some tears here because I finally have Lou and Chantel from Drop Gym in Medford, Oregon on the show. Welcome, Lou and Chantel. Hi. Uh, Thanks for having us. Yeah. Excited to be here. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to have you. And um, just so you listeners know, um, we tried to come up with a plan on what this was going to be about, and that didn't happen. <laughs> I am so excited to ha- drink up, really, anything Lou and Chantel want to pour out into my cup. And it's, see, it's already starting up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's important for me to be able to share with you, my listeners, what they are pouring out. Mm. So... Mm-hmm. With that, Lou and Chantel, that is who you are for me, and I appreciate you being here. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having us, Amy. It means yeah. a lot. Well, yeah, for sure. So, why don't we just start with um, give us a smidge about um, what you were doing and sort of where your growth began when I met you about four years ago and started drinking up the Lou and Chantel Kool Aid. <laughs> Four years ago. Yeah. We're doing four years ago. Four years ago, we had just, well, just moved into this space. We'd just been in our gym for, uh, we've, well, we hit five years in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, neither one of us wanted to own a gym. I didn't want to own another gym. She didn't want to have another gym. And here we are, two best friends running a gym. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny how that happens, right? That was not the plan. But here, plan. let me say this. What was the plan? Mm. You know, the plan actually, I feel like it really was when Lou and I first became friends, we we saw the gold in one another. We saw why we were both good in the areas that we were excelling in. So in for my my story was more the martial arts side of it and Luz was the gym and amongst other things and uh you know CrossFit and we I feel like when I took her classes there was a another level or layer that she spoke to that wasn't just losing weight or getting fit. And so it was the question she asked when there was movement happening or when there was frustration or tears or uh, embarrassment and things that come often when you've been in the gym for a while. And, um, and so instead of just like letting it be or consoling it, she would ask questions that would look like, 
Hey, let's let's look at this. You know, do a little. <laughs> yes, pull. let's let's look at this. One of the, my most favorite stories actually is um, I was actually in class and she was coaching. I had been in, doing CrossFit for about a year or so, and uh, and we were working up to a one rep max deadlift. And so I was, you know, got to the bar and I do a few, and then you know, obviously work up, and then I got to the point where it got really hard, and I completed it, and then I went to the board as you do in CrossFit. And I had my name on there and I was writing my weight. And then she said, okay, great. This is your one rep. And I said, yes. And she said, well, what weight did you fail at? And I said, well, I didn't fail. You know, I, I didn't fail. I didn't love that. Uh huh. Um, and so I said, okay, well, does she, and I was kind of confused because I was like, does she want us to fail? Like, does she want us to actually not complete one? And, and then she didn't really say a whole lot. She just kind of planted that seed. And then I went back and put some more weight on the bar and did it again. And, and it was like, my perspective was it was just up until you failed, but now looking at it, it's, it's not, that's, that's the space where you're going to grow. You know, that's the space where you're going to stretch your capacity. And so I saw things like that in her teaching and I was like, this is so much bigger than just CrossFit, you know, like this is, this well, is, I didn't even own the CrossFit at the time. Any, anyways, no. I had sold it. So it yeah. definitely wasn't, yeah. I was just passing through. Yeah. And so <laughs> it, it was, wasn't your space to make yours anymore. Yeah. It was just, you were sort of, yeah, I've been there too. in the old space. Yeah. yeah. Been there too. And then just even CrossFit, like when people come to CrossFit, they don't necessarily want what she gave me. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily want that, even though that's what the human needs. And really that's what you're searching for, but yet not everybody signs up for that. And so, and then there was, you know, her experiencing my coaching and, and what that did. And then we're like, what if we, what if we actually like came together and we talked about these things that were challenging on another level, you know, like what if we went a little deeper with fitness and what if we went deeper with fitness and just women and what Mm. if we, right. And so then the ball just started rolling and, um, and then we end up here many years later, but we had been renting space when we started what we were doing. We were renting space inside of the gym that I used to own because I didn't want to clean the mats and I didn't want to clean the toilets and I didn't want to make sure that there was toilet paper. And, you know, I just didn't want, gym ownership. Yes. I didn't want another gym. And so no. that was never the plan. And then we just started growing and there wasn't room and the space next door came up and we just sort of jumped on it. We both just kind of knew, okay, we have to do this. If mm-hmm. it, it's either this thing needs to just go away or this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. So and you that. created drop gym. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we created yeah. It didn't become drop gym until like, right. Uh, actually the day that the governor shut down Oregon businesses, uh, that was actually the day that we took, um, because our program was called camp 17, but when we yes. got to gym, it was like so fast and we just didn't have any branding ideas cause we weren't going to have a gym. So camp 17 was a program that we ran. And so we were like, whatever, let's just call it camp 17. And then we were like, we actually need to call this space something so that it's easier to talk about what we do. And so we literally, the guy next door 
took off Camp 17 off the door, put Drop Jim on the door, and then the governor shut everything down. And I was like, what if we never open again? You know, and we're, we've got Drop Jim on the door, and we just told all of our ladies that we were opening up the gym to all mem- like all memberships because it was a very like private you had to go through camp 17 in order to come into the gym and mm. just for the culture that we had created and then and then she closed us down and we were like handing out all of our equipment to all of our people and yeah I mean and that was during COVID that was yeah right at the very That's beginning right mm-hmm. now so, um when we first met it was camp 17 mm-hmm. and I was like um uh I was on the heels Mm. of my end of my marriage Mm. and it it had been a traumatic, um, you know, it was not like you're married and then you're doing the counseling and you're lubing it up and then you're easing out. It was like you're married and then, you know, Mm. and so from being in Ray Regno's group and reading the body keeps score Mm. and, and I knew I had trauma in there. Yeah. I herniated uh, L4, L5 in a weightlifting competition like three months after the marriage ended. Mm-hmm. And so I knew like I had all this gunk stuck energy uh, body stuff that I needed to address. Yeah. And that was what you guys were like really touching on are those, mm-hmm. those things that are above and beyond like Chantel said, uh, I just need to lose 25 pounds and I just need to, you know, lift up a, a deadlift. No, we're talking about the growth that happens when you go into failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. failure is because you choose to pick up a deadlift bar that's too heavy. And sometimes failure is because your husband pieces out mm-hmm. or you get a cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. or your grandma died, you know, like you got to push into that spot. Yeah. And those were the things that y'all were addressing. Mm-hmm. And so I knew from one hour with y'all, at Ray Regno's uh, mentoring group. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know who they are, but <laughs> I am drinking that Kool-Aid and I'm signing up for that shit. So then it took me a couple years, right. To, to yeah. finally sign up. And then, um, and then I tore the Achilles and then I had to wait the other year. And yeah. So I, I originated with the camp 17. Yeah. Kool-Aid. We were called. That's awesome. That's. Oh, yeah, that's and it became the, it, it, it is. It is. I've been, I've been watching you all along last time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you actually hear so a lot. People are like, I've been following you for a lot of years now. And I finally, and then it's like, I wish I wouldn't have waited so long, you know, because yes. you just get, you know, you get, we're definitely and have been in the space where you're, you know, when I started doing CrossFit, nobody knew what CrossFit was. And so then everybody thought you were crazy and, yes. and now it's just like, you know, regular stuff. And then, you know, in, you start moving into certain areas and people are like, you are weird and you're doing crazy things. And you're like, eh. and then it starts to become normal. You know, I mean, now you see it all mm-hmm. the time, like trauma informed this and somatic experiencing this. And I'm like, that's what we've been doing been for doing like it. seven years. And we just didn't even have a name for it. Cause there wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. a name for it, or we weren't doing, you know, the normal like workshop or something like that. We were just doing it and what we were doing going, Oh my gosh, you know, and then you get into breath and then now we're into the menstrual cycle stuff where you're like, yeah, maybe in 10 years, everybody's going to be like that. Mm -hmm. But yes, tended to be 
We're just the weirdos right now. We're just the weirdos. Yeah, and and it's hard. It is hard being above the curve, you know, before the curve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, when I got my acute care, critical care nurse practitioner in 02, I was in New York, Rochester, New York. And then I moved back down home to uh, North Carolina. And at that point, I was like 13 days out from having my second kid. Well, up in Rochester, they've got nurse practitioners in every single unit. You could do part-time. You could do, you know, whatever. It was like a regular thing. I came down here and they were like, hmm, how are you by the hospital? (laughs) No, we don't know what that means. And I'm like, well, you know, it's just a thing. There were no jobs and there sure as hell were no part-times or mentors or, you know, anything that would have been useful. And it just sucked to be 10 years ahead of the yeah. Ahead of mainstream picking it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I those are lonely times to it. It's so lonely, but I think, I mean, I've been in fitness for 20 years now and for a long time, like since, I mean, six, two, since 2006 felt on the front end of a lot where you're, you really have to explain yourself and people think like whatever until, and so I think you just kind of get used to it. But we were talking to a friend of ours who, um, does a lot of stuff that, that we do. And, um, and she has an organization and wanted to use our space to run her camp thing that she does. And so we were just like all dreaming and it was so fun. And, and we were talking about being the weirdos and she's like, yeah, but if you get enough weirdos together, it starts being normal. And I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm. So we're just getting the weirdos together to mm-hmm. normalize some stuff. But I do think that there's uh-huh. a lot of things that are beginning to, to normalize. It doesn't make it any easier, but it's, mm-hmm. You know, it's so that's going to be the podcast title, by the way. <laughs> if you get enough weirdos together, <laughs> together, it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Really true. It is true. Yeah, I was just in a meeting with some um, CrossFit trainers, and we were talking about um, really connecting deeply with our athletes and serving them. Because mm-hmm. you're right, we're walking around and we think we know what we want or need, but actually, we don't. Yeah, we are. We're looking for something else. We haven't languaged it quite yet, or haven't um, haven't really clarified that deep need that we have. And and I said, well, yeah. And you know, when you ask your your female athletes what they want to do today or how they feel about the workout today, you know, where are they in their cycle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of the heads were still like, uh, and I'm like, dude. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got two legs and ten toes. You got a uterus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not mainstream yet, and yeah. especially down here in the South, mm-hmm. it's still very like you. You mentioned an ovary. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is some of the stuff that we're. I think when we started doing a lot of this, because this is stuff that we started dabbling in. You know. Uh, Oh, I don't know, four and a half, four, four or four and a half years ago. And then trying to create something where you could serve a facility that had men and women in it, where it didn't have to be like, raise your hand if you're on your period, raise your hand if you're in menopause, but being able to create language around um, some of the ideas and the principles that we've created to make it that it, it doesn't have to be a, you know, it doesn't have to be language that's like, oh, you're bleeding today. So you should definitely choose recovery. Right. Mm -hmm. And so starting to create language and, 
habit and our ladies start to know, and then you've created that, obviously there's like maybe back end conversations that your coaches are like, Hey ladies, you know, we're not going to call you out and do that. But if you, you need to choose this, you know, but then you have a, I can see that now, ladies, yeah. you look bloated. <laughs> are you getting ready? You have been bitchy since you walked in the door. What is up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then being able to, being able to, um, have that option even for men without the language. So we've really like, I mean, I feel like for us, the hardest part was creating the language around like, okay, what is a word that creates an intention that when you say the word, you kind of know what the intention behind the workout is for that day. Um, and so the language helps create the intention for the workout and then knowing like, Hey, well, if you, you know, if you're in the follicular phase of your menstrual cycle, like you could choose whatever you want. It's full game. But if you're here, then this could be more helpful. And so that that language, I think, was probably the hardest. The hardest part was just mm-hmm. having a word to explain the intention behind the day or behind the workout or the point of the workout. And uh, but it's been, you know, really fun and being able to just have ladies that are you know, they leave every day going, gosh, I'm really glad I chose that mm-hmm. instead of, gosh, I just punished myself today. But I think that was one of the things that people would say, the ladies would leave the gym and they just say, gosh, I'm so glad I chose that today. And then there's such a freedom and a trust that's built inside of yourself when you have choices and you choose something and you know, you chose it. Nobody chose it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Choice is a powerful powerful way to live. Yeah. yeah, it is. I actually had a, uh, a client this morning and there was a workout, a, a group before the hour that I had my client and she comes in and, and Lou had gone outside to find this gal cause she was doing a sled drag and it's, it's cold here right now and it's foggy. And she was like, Oh, poor lady. She's out there dragging the sled. And I was like, no, no. I was like, she chose it because there are three choices on the board and she chose this one. She actually chose that. And she goes, Oh, I wonder why. So the, (laughs) the immediate thought is like, Oh, poor her, because you made her do something that she didn't want to do. Because the assumption is, is that she wouldn't want to choose something that looks like you're going out by yourself and dragging the sled. But in all reality, that might actually be what she wants to do. And it might be what her body needs. And emotionally, you know, physically, chemically, and that it feels, it doesn't feel like, like punishment or like, because that's often the relationship with fitness is that it is punishment, right? It is, but yet it's, it's a relationship that looks like it's not an abusive relationship, but you understand that, that the, that physical fitness can be very intense and it can feel very intrusive and it can feel like it's doing something to you, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, it does have that ability. And yet, but when we understand the partnership with it, with not only our body and where we're at, then we can even understand the response that our body is having to the level of stress that we're engaging with. And we can understand it better when we understand where we're at chemically as well, right? And so if I'm in the luteal phase of my cycle, and I'm choosing something that is, you know, I'm running 400 meters and then I'm doing as many burpees as I can. And then I get 30 seconds and I just keep doing that. If 
if your body is feeling like it, it wants to lift something heavy, like we want to be able to acknowledge that and give a choice. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's partnering with your body, but I feel like it's understanding, uh, like what can actually be provoked emotionally, um, just like your attitude toward a workout with where you're at chemically. And I just think it's, it's so cool because they also like, I never knew like with my, my cycle, I knew when I was bleeding and when I wasn't bleeding. Those were, those were the, those were the two phases for me bleeding, not on or I'm off, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you know? Um, and so then to learn more about why things feel the way that they do and why my response to intensity or conflict or confirmation or, uh, confrontation feels like it does. I'm able to give myself a little bit of grace too, and not feel like the wheels are falling off, you know, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. It's like, uh, when your kid is a complete ass and then the next day they come down with a cold. Yeah. 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 Oh, this is why they were getting taught. And I gotta say, like, I am, um, going to turn 51 in, I don't know, a couple of weeks and, uh, I know I got a birthday coming yeah, up. Happy early birthday! Uh, thank you. And um, it, it's been probably so. I got my period when I was twelve. So um, the quick math on that was what thirty eight years, thirty nine mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. thirty nine years. So for probably at least thirty seven and a half of those, I've always just been the like, oh, that's why two days ago mm-hmm. I was struggling on the rower. That's why I couldn't hit those one rep maxes. And I was so frustrated and angry coming out of the gym. Why can't I do the back squat 185? Right, 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 right. You know, mm-hmm. it, it has literally only been here in the last like 18 months that I've been in real time checking in with my body mm-hmm. emotionally, like you said, chemically, or, you know, what are those hormones mm-hmm. doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, how cold is it outside? Mm-hmm. How did I sleep? Mm-hmm. Um, what I call it static when I'm just in, when I've just got some stress going on. I'm yeah. worried about one of the kids or about the business or about the whatever. And, and it does, it drains you. Mm-hmm. So it's only been in about the last 18 months that I've been in real time being able to, to check in. And I think that's a function of two things. A, we're not wired like that. Mm-hmm. We're wired to like, mm-hmm. and um, we don't have the leadership in our, any of our spaces, mm-hmm. in our fitness spaces, in our nutrition spaces. Cause you talk about that lady being a victim to the sled. Mm-hmm. I hear all the time in my practice, like, well, I had a salad. I mean, everybody else was having a burger. Oh, Are you a victim to the salad? Like, yeah. hang on now. 100%. Yeah. Or like, right? I couldn't eat that. You're like, no, you actually chose this. Yeah. Or I'm not, I'm yeah. not, I'm not allowed to. Yeah. You know? Yes. Like, I, I can't do that. that. Yeah. I, oh, I but you can. That. Yeah. Yeah. You can. And I think that it's, you know, the more I work with people with food, it's, it is that same, that relationship that often is, they don't, it is, it's the relationship with fitness that's similar to punishment, right? Mm -hmm. It's I'm working out because I did something bad. Because I did something bad. Yep. Yep. Because I did something bad. I'm working out because I ate something bad. I'm working out because I sat on the couch at home and did nothing this weekend. So I'm going to kill myself 
on Monday because I didn't do what I was supposed to do or I was bad. So it's, but that is, that's often what we're, that's our relationship with consequence, right? It's like, okay, something happened. Now there's going to be a consequence or something that a punitive, a punitive consequence. It's, Mm -hmm. It's not just something that naturally happens. I can tell you, I've been eating sugar since like, I don't know, uh, after Thanksgiving, just pounding it. And my knees are killing me. (laughs) My knees and my big toes are killing me. And for the first time in my life, I'm able to go like, huh, there it is. Yep. Okay. Do you want to keep, you know, you want to cut this thing off now? Or do you want to continue to inflame until your birthday on January 2nd and then roll? Like, you know, and I don't know, I haven't picked you. I really haven't picked you. I'm so sure. Yeah. 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 Well, it's real. Keep kicking my foot over there. Yeah. It is (laughs) your foot on your own side. It is. It really is real. When, when you look at the, you know, like I, I believe, you know, food is, food is really meant to connect. You can connect with people. You're connecting Mm -hmm. with, you know, you're being present. And so it's, it's hard when we're eating on the go, right? When we're just shoving food in our face because it's, it's even, I mean, it's sweets, it's things that are good for us. It's, it's moving, moving, moving. We're eating in the car from meeting to meeting. We're eating in the kitchen as we're, you know, making breakfast or dinner for everyone. And it's, it is, and I feel like as women, the more I talk to women that are middle-aged, it's hard because they're, they're cooking for their kids, they're cooking for their spouse and themselves. And they feel like, they have to create this whole other meal plan for themselves. And that feels also like punishment because it's extra work for them, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Instead of like, hey, let's educate the whole family on what it looks like to have a balanced meal and what it looks like to eat well. And let's all do this together, you know, and find out what we like and what we don't like, but also what's good for us, what's not good for us. And, um, and giving yourself time to learn how to do that, giving yourself time to learn how to, or even just to have your family at the same time, you know, your kiddos learning, like, this is protein. This is really good for you. This is why, you know, and creating a narrative or playfully explaining, you know, it to the kiddos rather than just like, just my kids eat nothing, but like things have to be white or yellow. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, okay, yeah, but let's, let's like, what does it look like to learn about, about the food? And, but it does often feel like that transition can feel like punishment because it's not. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of energy required. I remember, uh, I, I didn't really ever buy the prepacked stuff for my kids, mm-hmm. uh, probably because of my upbringing in the 1970s. And, um, <laughs> Uh, they always wanted the prepacked shit. So occasionally I'd buy them a Lunchable. Did they eat the Lunchable? No, no, they didn't eat the Lunchable because they thought it was nasty, but they wanted it because it's in the package thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so there were some times where I will never forget, you know, you think things are going to be healthy, like a yogurt stick. Yeah. Great. Yogurt sticks came out when my kids were little and I was like, yes, there's some protein in it. There's a, You check the sugar content on that bad boy. Crazy. And it's like, yeah, there's another thing that I can't, you know, and so it is that balance of mm-hmm. um, when you make those changes, like giving yourself the grace and the power and the choice mm-hmm. to like, OK, my kids have five yogurt sticks in a week. Mm-hmm. How about we're going to go to four? Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. we're, we're not going to go to zero next week, mm-hmm. but we're going to get on board and kind of kind of make that transition into some healthier things. The day my kid came home from first grade, I shit you not, and been like, mom, these yogurt sticks have 20 grams of sugar in them. I don't think they're healthy. I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) They're not. (laughs) I know. I'm like, oh, damn those ladies. Yes, it it is. It's, It's a real challenge. And it's easy, I think, particularly as the mom, to become victim and martyred, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I am a grade A martyr when it comes to uh, trying to feed, please everybody. Yeah. 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 That's a hard one. It's not, it's not hard to do as, as a mama, you know, it's yeah, no. something that moms struggle with because, you know, as women, we are incredibly equipped to endure unhealthy things for long periods of time. And we just don't ever give ourselves permission to stop, nor do we, are we given permission from our kids or our spouse to also stop, you know? And so, because they don't even- Or our mothers or grandmothers. Or moms, yeah. Or society or, you know, generational expectation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like we are, we are definitely designed to endure a lot of discomfort, a lot of, a lot of pain for a long period of time. And then once you get to the point where your body says, hey, no- this isn't working anymore. There's so many things that happen, right? Like so many things like metabolically that start to dis like you're, you become dysregulated, your system becomes overly stressed. And then it's like, I'm gaining weight. I'm losing strength. I'm, yeah. And then it's like awful. Cause then you see women and you talk to them about their lives and you're like, you are living your life for everyone else, but yourself and now you are 60 years old and falling apart and still trying to maintain what you did when you were in your 30s and it's hard you know and so let's 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 pin that right there cuz i want our listeners to to identify and understand what we're talking about specifically cuz mm-hmm. i know what i see and i think i know what y'all see but i want to hear what you see so specifically this person, let's call, what do you want to call her, Sue? Sure. sure. Let's call her Sue. Okay, so Sue comes in. What is she concerned or worried about? Sue is, uh, well, Sue's worried about, like, I can even just think of, of a Sue in my, my head right now, which I will just take you through. So Sue is worried about, um, like, just... Her life is changing, right? She's 60 years old. Her body is changing rather, not necessarily her life. Her body is changing. She's unable to keep up with the demand that she has not necessarily put on herself, but Mm -hmm. where she is serving those around her, her children, her husband, the household, right? And so her body is now like saying, hey, it's breaking. Things are breaking. Things are falling apart. Things are stiff and rigid, less mobile less flexible. And, uh, just, so she's afraid that if she actually gets or gives herself what she needs, that then the dynamic will change in her marriage and with her children. And then you look at like that as a core issue and afraid of not being chosen or belonging or right. Because it's it's like if mom straight up abandoned. Yeah. If mom decides to do something, mom's been doing this for years. And now she decides to do something different. 
it throws everybody else off too, right? Because there's yeah. a dance that is that has mm-hmm. been for so many years, and now it's it doesn't it's it's not going to work anymore for the other people, and so it's like disrupting a pattern that uh, that has been for so long, and so learning how to manage that and learning how to communicate uh, with family when women like yep. that, like Sue, um, are wanting to make changes, but realizing that it's going to be a lot harder than just coming to the gym an extra day or cutting, you know, her, her intake of food or going to sleep earlier, like things that she can do herself. Yes. But then also in the waking hours when she's moving around living for everyone else, she loses herself. Right. And hmm. when her body starts to break down, she gets upset because it's, it's not supposed to do that. Well, it's not able to maintain that level of, you know, engagement. And you're not, it's not engaged. It's enduring. Yeah. You're not supposed to. Can I give back to you what, what I think you gave me? Yeah. Sue's pants are tight. She's tired. Mm -hmm. She finds that if she doesn't get that afternoon nap, she really has a hard time getting through, through dinner time. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's sort of at the point where she's like, F it. I, 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 I can't, I can't take care of you and them. And I don't, I'm kind of numbed out, to be honest. Um, I've tried dieting. It doesn't work anymore. I tried the same Weight Watchers or whatever I did, you know, 10 years ago. The weight isn't budging. Um my hair might be thinning out. My nails are weird. (laughs) I keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and all the bulldozing that I've always done to carry all the load and accomplish all the things when I was head of the PTA and I was, you know, volunteer of the year at the United way. And, and I don't, I don't know how to handle this and I don't feel good and nothing is working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's Sue yeah Yeah. and what she's not seeing is that she's not engaged and present in her life and in fact she's just enduring all of it Mm -hmm. yeah okay can I also add in what you gave me when we did our breath work yeah so I think I've told both of you this before and right now I'm forewarning if you do not like hearing people cry you need to turn this podcast Mm -hmm. off right now because it's coming we did a breath work exercise during my five days in Oregon with y'all. And I had really been dealing with some loneliness mm-hmm. as a single empty nester. Mm-hmm. And so we do this breath work and we go through the whole thing. It's a beautiful thing. And um, consequently, by the way, I had been really working on my upper body strength and my gymnastics. And I noticed that that left pec just would not fire. And I kept telling my coach, yeah, right's coming, but the left is just not going. So I go up to Oregon. I spend five days with y'all. We do a breath work. And uh, that loneliness emotion really came up really mm-hmm. strong. And then I felt my left pec turn on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, huh, hadn't seen you coming to the par- party, right? That's my physical dysfunction. Mm-hmm. That left pec. Could have easily been like the muffin top that won't move or the blood pressure that won't go down or the Mm -hmm. hair that's brittle. Mm -hmm. And so after we do that and we do that kind of um, allowing and release, I go to the ladies room 
And as I'm washing my hands, I see myself in the mirror. Mm. And I get how lonely I have been for myself. Mm. Because I have been enduring all the stuff, which is a word that y'all brought into, into your teachings. I've been enduring the gym and enduring the nutrition and enduring the life changes and the body changes and all of it. And I had not been in power and I had not been in choice. And I had not been with this girl, Amy Chang. And you helped me reconnect to her. And that is why you're on the podcast. And that is why I want every Sue out there to understand exactly how to identify that you are in that, because I guarantee you, they don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been in transformative work for the last, uh, at least five years, six, if you push it. <laughs> and I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So Sue comes in. What does a five day shift or the Lou and Chantel uh, Kool-Aid, or the drop <laughs> provide for Sue that she doesn't know she needs? Mm. Well, for, for technicalities, for those who may like go to our website and be like, I can't find a five-day shift, what's happening? Uh, we'll <laughs> change the name of it to Engage. Uh, oh, nice. Because, from enduring. <laughs> yeah. From enduring. Yeah. From, cause we had our two day shift and then we had a five day shift and then we'd called it two day and five day. And we were like, that's terrible for marketing. Um, so shift so is we've our- done camp 17. We've done two day. We've done five I day. Know, shift. Gosh, when you're in trans- I love it. like trying to like grow mm-hmm. and, and, and really camp 17 was eight. How many weeks is it when we first did it? Eight. Eight. And then it went six. And then it's like, okay, now it just keeps trimming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think Sue gets what Sue wants to be honest about Mm. what she wants to see, right? Because we're going to engage your body in ways that you've probably not engaged your body, moved your body. Not that you have to be fit to do it, but we are going to use movement to it's, it's a great exposer. It's a great tool to, you can't lie and you can't hide anymore from, well, when things get hard, this is what I do. Eh, Maybe not. Probably let's do something hard and let's actually see. Mm -hmm. And then you, you get stripped down and, and all that's left is reality and you get to look at it or you get to look away. Mm. And so we have the, the body piece and then there's the beautiful part of the breath, whether it's in movement or whether it's a transformational breath journey that you're tapping into things that you were completely unaware of, or you become so aware in the midst of, you know, doing some sort of movement in here connected to your breath mm-hmm. And then you have the being part that is learning to to be present, learning to connect with other people, learning to maybe socialize and let other people see you in different ways. And so we've pulled in all of those 
things into engage that is your body, your breath, and your being. And you're going to get every part of it. And you're probably going to pick up little pieces from that. Sue might realize, holy shit, I'm totally a people pleaser because that was what I learned to do when I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. And I never even looked at that little girl. Mm -hmm. Or Sue looks at her heart for the first time and acknowledges Mm -hmm. that she actually has human emotion that she's never been allowed to feel because it wasn't safe or she saw it done incorrectly or, you know, she grew up in a theological house that was like, your heart is wicked above all things. And so Mm -hmm. then you learn not to feel, or if you feel something, then you don't have enough faith or, you know, whatever that might be, or just learning to move the body in such a way that, oh, I don't even need words anymore because my body just needed the expression. And I just needed to throw something and allow there to be a sound that comes out and whoa. Right. And so there's so many, whether, or, or maybe it's writing like we do in there, we write an obituary for you to start engaging like parts of your story and what it is that you actually value. So we just bring in so many things that are very, um, none of nothing is passive when you come here. Like we're not going to do anything for you. We will do nothing to you. We will invite you into everything and you will get out what you want to be honest about how you want to engage reality, because that's really, if you strip down all the language and all the really cool things we do and all the science and everything, we literally just help people look at reality and acknowledge that this is actually where I am. Mm -hmm. This is where I am. It might not be where I want to be, but truthfully, this is where I am. This is what I'm capable of. This is what I'm doing. And I either can decide to look at reality or go, I want out of this situation, or I want it to go back to the way that it used to be. And then you just have somebody that's bouncing back and forth between anxiety and depression, living in survival mode, wanting to lose weight. And your body's like, I don't care. I don't want to lose weight. Not going to happen. Just surviving right now, trying to please wow. everyone to make sure that nobody throws us away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. that deep, 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 deep question for all of us, if we could put it into a statement, is like, will you keep me? Mm. And you can say it in a thousand different ways, but ultimately that deep, deep level is if you, if, if I don't do all of these things, will you still keep me? If I do these things, will you keep me? But, but yeah. will you keep me? Yeah. Cause it ends yeah. up like even what you just said after all of that happens, after all of that awareness, then it's like, okay, it's, we become aware of, of what's happening in our body. We understand it. Right. And then there's the other part, not only just with ourselves, but then relationally, like Lou's saying, that's the other part where it's like, okay, if I do these things, if I change, if I understand why my system, why my body is responding the way that it is, and the byproducts of that are weight loss, are sleepless nights, are anxiety, depression, right? We look at that and it's like, okay, now that's- Constipation, diarrhea, you know, that all goes on too. Yeah. So we look at that and we say, okay, we can, we understand that. And you can learn, which a lot of people don't even know about their, no. their nervous system. They don't know how their body's going to respond to stress. They don't know how to partner with these things, right? So we 
educate in that and then we experience so that you actually get like hands on. This is how I do respond to stress. This is how my body responds to it because sometimes we'll sit and we'll learn. I'll be like, Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. But then totally disassociating like the relation or even just saying like, well, that doesn't happen to me. But then it's like, all right, well, let's go and do something hard and let's see what happens. Let's get in cold water and see how your body responds. For example, had to bring up the cold water. (laughs) But I think it's really, what's really important to understand. And this is only something that I am like tapping the surface surface of understanding in the last, like since March of yes, we can look at all of this and say, I don't want to do this anymore. I've been doing this for so long. I don't want to do this. But it's not about that. It's not about the, I don't want to do it anymore. It's okay, but what do I want to do? But then also having compassion for why I am doing this because I'm doing this because it feels like the safest thing that I can do. Whether we realize it as safety, whether we realize it as survival, whether we realize it as um, you know, like a cozy blanket, whether we realize it as immunity to like not changing anything because that's not safe. There really is the space where we have to, we have to, um, I don't want to say you like toss out the idea, but the idea of like, well, you just don't want it enough or, you know, just do oh, it. Yeah. This is the bullshit. You know, just do it. You like, just need to pull up your big girl panties. Exactly. Screw you, man. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. knowing like, okay, I do have to want this. I do have to want change, but want only wanting it more is not necessarily going to create the change. I, I really have to I have to, um, like a, a friend mentor of mine, he's like, you know, there's issues that we can swim out to and we can like look at the iceberg and be like, oh, that's what this is. And he's like, and then there's other times you got to pr- friggin' put on the wetsuit. You got to s- put the scuba mask on. You got to pressurize. You got to go down slow and you got to go down to the bottom of that iceberg and see like, oh, this is actually what this is or go mm-hmm. in and pull out the roots and look at the reality of, oh, I'm actually doing this because I believe this. And then being able to to shift the way that we look at what we're doing, right? Look at it and not hate it as like, I hate this part of myself, but look at it and say, okay, this is is not helping me. I really don't want to keep doing this. But like for you, you know, when you're not using your left pec, you're probably using a lot of your left trap, right? So then it's, you know, a lot of front delt, a lot of left trap, a lot of erector. And so you're like, just don't use your, don't use your trap. Don't use your trap. Don't use your trap. Don't use your, and you're like, (laughs) no, what I want you to do is connect with your left pec. And the way in which this is going to happen is not turn on, do the thing. Like it's going to come from a place of empathy and compassion for yourself and realizing, Oh, I'm actually lonely for me. Mm. I don't, I'm actually not lonely in the spaces that I'm in with people. I'm lonely for me because I haven't taken any time to be with me, to stop with me, to listen to my heart. It's safer 
to deny, to pretend, to lie, and to hide, to busy. and go yes. back into our cycles instead of stopping and going, oh, wait, I want to change this story. Mm-hmm. But changing the story by hating myself is not going to change the story. No, uh, it's myself no. to change the story is not. It's going to be participation. Mm-hmm. And you just used another word that was really good. That was, um, I don't remember what it was, but it was good. Like in participation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't remember. It started with a P. And I was so like, can we talk about the, the ice bath? Yeah, yes. let's talk about the ice yeah. because I, I don't I don't know I, I want to make sure that anyone listening to this um, gets really hardcore, crunchy, crispy what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and for one thing, when we talk about movement, we're not talking about like ribbon dancing. And <laughs> even though that's fine, it's a great yeah, expression to ribbon dance. Yeah, and and we're not talking about like snatching eight hundred and sixty eight percent of your body weight. We're not talking about that. Mm-mm. We're talking about um, you guys educate. You you front load us people people like me who choose to come to Medford and spend time with you. You should do that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, May first, you educate. That's right. You educate them, and then you create a space where they can experience that. Mm-hmm. And you wrap that in a little burrito of support. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to give you a real life example. So we got in an ice bath and uh, I was number four. And the three ladies went in the ice bath before me and they got in and I was determined, right? I was like, left peck, turn on, left peck, turn on. I was determined. I'm going to do this. I've struggled with this in the past. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's in the back of a truck that has an upright racky thing on it, right? Mm-hmm. And I go to the upright racky thing, and with everything I have in me, I'm holding on to that upright racky thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like my maybe my ass was in a little bit, and then maybe like one leg, and then like one leg, and the entire time I'm screaming, yep. screaming like a little howler monkey. Like a little howler monkey. It was like, please don't go. Yeah. And I was, I was screaming like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. 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 And I think I finally, I got one arm in. You did. (laughs) I still still had one arm up on like, and I mean, uh, like toddler hanging on to his mama's leg. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. what I was felt like. That's exactly what it felt like. And so I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't let that other arm in. And I didn't get to that place where people get an ice bath and they're like, yeah, after the first 30 seconds, it really feels good. Blah blah. No, I didn't get there. Mm-hmm. And I got out and I wrapped up and I walked through the parking lot and I sat down beside Lou. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I watched everybody else do that. Mm-hmm. And they looked like relatively normal. Mm-hmm. they, you know, maybe didn't like it, but they did get to that place relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, huh, that was actually a pretty abnormal response, wasn't it? And she was like, I mean, yeah, that was like watching a toddler. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, okay. But I knew I really wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And not so- a toddler in like an immature way, but it really looked like you literally looked like a child who didn't, want their parent to leave them. And you were like 
hanging on for dear life, just so that people aren't like, oh, wow, sh- you look so like, you're like, you're like a toddler. Gosh. Yeah. But like yeah, the way that you were, you were not, um, you were not 50 year old Amy when that was happening. You were a very young version of Amy that was overwhelmed and afraid and was doing something that she didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And uh, I really wanted to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to do it because I know how good it is for you to do an ice bath. And it's something that I've been trying to do mm-hmm. and I haven't been able to do it. So this was like such an opportunity. I was actually excited about the opportunity. I could not make myself do that. Mm-hmm. So I sit down, I'm watching everybody else do it. Lou was like, yeah, that was, that was uh, not you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we go back to um, the place we were all staying and I decide like, no, I, I think I, maybe I could do this. And I talked to one of your interns there, Michelle Gallagher, who is a good buddy of mine. And um, I called her and, and I said, yeah, this is how the ice bath went. And at this point, I'm like laughing about it. And I'm like, I'm not real sure what happened, but I really want to do it. And she said, well, you know, do you have any trauma around? You know, have you ever done it before? And I was like, well, yeah, the last time I did it, I was in Whistler. And I jumped in a lake um, and swam out to a dock. And that was the first time that I didn't settle down. Mm. And the whole time I swam out to that dock. I was, <laughs> and I was like, get me out of here. Yeah. And the other people were swimming to the dock, getting out, jumping back. I was like, there's no way I'm getting out because if I get out, I am not getting back in again. <laughs> I'm going to live on this and, dock. Yes, I, I will. You'll have to come get me with a helicopter. Yeah. So I, I ended up, finished my swim and I felt great. I know the effects. I know the health benefits and I want them, but I've just for the life of me couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So when I, I, when I tell her this story, she's like, wow. That sounds really traumatic. Huh. Okay. Well, there's something I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. So at the house, before I got to leave the next morning, as y'all know, I had run a hot bath for myself the night before. We put some ice in it. I had a friend there with me. I had a hot cup of coffee. I had the Avett brothers on and I had um, a warm towel. So you educated me on like, hey, this is a great thing for us to try and let's try it. And then you invited me to, oh, we're going to try it now. And my body did what my body did. Mm -hmm. And then I got to give myself a little burrito of support. I've got my Avett brothers. I got my coffee. I've got my friend, Melanie. Mm -hmm. I've got my warm towel. Mm -hmm. And I got in that ice bath. Granted, it was not a, as cold, mm-hmm. but that was a huge win mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And I did not accomplish that being alone. I did not accomplish that pushing harder mm-hmm. or not acknowledging the bottom of the iceberg yeah, or not being kind to myself when I see the bottom of the iceberg and saying, God, Amy, you're just such a toddler. I can't believe you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that to me is what y'all package beautifully mm-hmm. and roll that welcome mat out for anyone who wants to choose to step on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Now, what did I miss in that or what could we add to help people that's, understand what you're up to? That was good. I do have one thing to say, which is actually kind of, it's kind of a cool realization, right? Where even so often, and I'm going to try to, I'm not the most concise person. So it's okay. Sure. Roll on. <laughs> Me in the South. Well, tell a story, girl. I do, I do like a lot of space to, to tell a story. However, I do think, you know, sometimes I know exactly what I want to say, but then I feel like I need to also add some sugar to it. Um, but often what we do is, so like the ice bath, like a sandbag carry, like a 30-minute uh, hold of some sort, standing still, you know, of something that is long, something that um, is engaging, something that uh, brings up a memory, whatever, whatever it might be, right? Something uncomfortable. So I don't want to say like we, we try to make people uncomfortable, but we understand the lesson or the things that are on much deeper level that we can't even see that our body remembers, that our body knows, that our body will respond when there is stress that is there, right? And so, so many things that we do inside the gym, some women are very familiar with you know, holding weight above their head. They're holding like isometric holds or high intensity, uh, on the row or, um, you know, like repping out like a hundred squats or right. And so that level of intensity, especially with CrossFit, you're learn, you learn to manage that. Right. And so the, this, the response, it doesn't elicit the response that we're actually looking for, which is something new, something, uh, a little harder, something challenging. Um, so you look at the ice bath and the way that your body responded in the ice bath, it wasn't about doing the ice bath better. It wasn't like, okay, Amy, you need to do the ice bath better. You need to do it more. So you don't respond that way. Right. It was, this happened and knowing your personality similar, you know, in the way that you even approached it, where it's like, how can I do this again and get better at it? But how can I do it again so that I get the benefits from it? When really that very first time that you did that with us, that ice bath gave us so much information. Yes. Gosh. It gave us so much feedback from what is happening in like the deepest of deepest of deepest of you. Right. And then you see it and it's like, okay. And acknowledging what you had said, like you, you did it again. You did it in a state and like a, an environment that was much more comfortable for you. The temperature of the water might have been a little less. You know, you had a buddy there. It was a little bit more intimate. You had something that you could go to, you know, the cup of warm coffee after you were done, right? So you, it was on your time, your choice of mm -hmm. when you did it. Mm -hmm. So there were, there were a lot of things that were, that were good. And there were a lot of things that then it's like, okay, like I can get in here and I could get the benefits of the cold plunge. Yes. And when we do it here, it's, the benefit, the feeling of it when the girls get in the back is great. But honestly, it is something that is that I like to do because it does let you see a side of you that mm. you probably have not seen in your adult life without there being something that is, you know, like divorce or like something that is like rips, <laughs> you know, or not. I was not even that big a toddler when my <laughs> husband up and left. I mean, like I was very 50 year old, Amy. I'm like, okay, I need to change the locks. I need to get half of the savings. I need, you know, I need, so, in fact, I, in fact, I, I recognize no emotion. 
Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. when that did happen, mm-hmm. it was I I did not I I was not with me. Yeah, I was yeah. with what needs to be done for survival. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. so that little that that little Amy that we saw that was a part of, of you that it was like, okay, how old was that little girl? Hmm. Like, how old was she? She's in that moment. And then you can really start to unpack, you know, how your system responded where some people are really good at disconnecting and pretending. Some people go into that water and they just try to namaste the water away. You know, they try to namaste the fact that it's freezing freaking cold and they try to do that because they feel like that's what they're supposed to do, or that would be a good mm. job or, you know, a, a job well done because I'm supposed to stay in this long. Right. But when, or I'm supposed to carry the sandbag this far, I'm supposed to not drop the sandbag. I'm supposed to. Right. And so we try to not game it, but we try to do what we need to do to disconnect from ourselves and our emotions or reality and really how we're feeling just so that we can hit the mark right? Or do the rep or. No, I love that because, you know, I've also done three natural births. Mm. I've had cortisone shots in my back with no pain meds. So, and that was not enduring. Mm -hmm. That was, I'm committed to doing it this way for a certain, um, almost out of self-love for my body. Mm -hmm. I don't want my body to have to process all that shit. And also I want to be very clear headed when my baby comes out. Yeah. And so it was a different, it was a, I call it a driver when I work with my people. Yeah. What's your driver? Is your driver, well, I'm supposed to, Mm -hmm. or well, my mama had natural birth, so surely I'm supposed to, or, you know, everybody says it's better or it's cooler or, um, you know, I'm not good enough and you may leave me if I can't deadlift 400 pounds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just that. Whole, are you driving out of you got to? And when I was getting in the back of the truck, I was driving out of the okay, Chang. Mm. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was getting in the bathtub with the ice, it was, no, I really want to learn how to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. And it was a different driving point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's an empower. I hadn't thought about this, but I guess that's me being empowered versus me being, um, on uh, default mode, avoiding mm-hmm. being left behind, even if it's me leaving myself behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. Or just acknowledging the amount of intensity that you can handle or, yes. you know, with a clear head and, you know, work up to that point. But then also seeing like when something is that intense, really noting the response that your body is having, right? Which mm. is like what, it is, it's the same. It's like with, with a sandbag carry, if you feel the pain somewhere and some, some ladies freak out with the sandbag carry the second day. And we've seen some wild stuff. I'm like, I don't even understand why you're doing that, but it is happening and it's feedback. So like, yeah, for sure. And a lot of it is just, it's, it's panic. It's trying to find a place that's comfortable. It's trying to find, you know, and while the intensity is still present and you're trying to find comfort, it often looks like a fit or it looks like blaming or it looks like, right. And so it just, 
Ooh. It looks like a spouter monkey. What, <laughs> what did you call it? I don't remember. Howler monkey. <laughs> a howler monkey. It looks like a howler monkey in a parking lot wrapped yeah. up in a 50-year-old's body in, yeah. a, in a bikini. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah, yeah I, I can't. Uh, I, I have expressed this to y'all many times, and I'm going to say it again, and I think probably if I said it 50 more, it wouldn't be adequate. I really appreciate Mm. what you create for people Mm. Mm. because I don't push to those spots. Mm. You know, we don't do that in our lives where we're like, okay, this is your intent. Your intent Mm. is to, you know, the welcome mat says, you know, growth, discovery, come out of default mode, interrupt. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to go do something with our bodies to create that. Yeah. And we're going to be right here with you to gather your feedback and to, you know, assess where you are and just be with you. Yeah. As you said the other day, she said, we work with a college softball team and I don't remember what happened, but the coach was like, man, you just hug them in the hard. You just, mm-hmm. you just hug people in the hard. And you're like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. totally, we used to, we wanted to, when we first started our business, we were wondering if we could make our tagline that will hold your hand while we kick your ass. Um, <laughs> that we thought might scare people away, but I mean, the more and more we do that, the more and more is like, yeah, that's exactly what we do. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to hold your hand while we ask you to do some really hard things. Yes, that's better because you didn't kick my ass. Yeah. I I tried to sign up for years. I signed up so long ago, I forgot whether or not I paid my money. (laughs) We didn't even know either. (laughs) I finally made it across the country to spend time in a house with you know, five other women. I had no idea. You could not have stopped me from uh, coming and from participating. So thank you for the invitation. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. Of course. Yes. You love it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else we've missed or anything else you want to say? I mean, there's so many things, but I know besides four other book chapters, 500 cans of worms, but you know, (laughs) we could just keep them all sealed and (laughs) just leave it at that. Next time. And so when is the next time you're having your um, five-day engage? Engage Engage. is happening May 1st through the 5th. So it's a Wednesday evening through a Sunday afternoon. Uh, If five days feels like too much, we have shift, which is a two-day. It's a Friday night and an all-day Saturday. Um, And that is a uh, more of a reflecting on your story, releasing pain and reviving your soul. So it's not as much movement. Uh, we still move, but it's less exercise. Um, it's still extremely experiential. That is February 23rd and 24th. Okay. Well, I am going to just, um, acknowledge both of you for being really, truly bright, uh, head of the curve, Kool-Aid-ish mm-hmm. kind of people in the world. And I'm but not ever so Kool-Aid, not culty. Not culty. <laughs> Col- definitely Kool-Aid, not culty. It's a welcome mat, people, not a together. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> and I appreciate you guys being on the show. I'd love to have you back again. And oh, that um, would be fun. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. Well, you can uh-huh. find us, uh, you can find us dropgym.com. Find us drop gym effect on Instagram. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And that'll all be in the show notes. I promise you, you will be able to find Lou and Chantel. I want you to be able to get there. 
Awesome. If you uh, liked this podcast episode, please subscribe and share it because God knows you you know at least five Sues in your life um, or Toms who yeah. need to hear it. Yeah, who need to hear it. So y'all have a great year, and I'll see you soon. Okay, yeah. thanks, Amy. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy AF Podcast. I hope that it has helped you create a new possibility for your health and sets you into action to go get it. If you want more information or if you want to connect with me, visit my website at myhealthylife.coach. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that each new Healthy AF episode will be sent directly to you. Let's take you from where you are where you want to go. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.